Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian. I'm joined once again by my co-host and Pocayo, Adrian. Adrian, how you doing, man? Excited, dude. First uh, time around that where you get to criticize Diego Coca <laughs> uh, and talk about um, how how was uh, the trip to El Caribbean and uh, to Azteca for Mexico and, uh, and the gang. What's up with you, man? Excited, man, as well. It's going to be our first uh, six things we learned for La Sergio Mexicana. We've done a couple of these for USMNT, but uh, excited to kind of get this ball rolling with uh, El Tri here. Um, definitely, man, it's uh, the first two games, uh, the Coca era. So um, a lot to analyze. Um, you know, on our preview, we kind of said that these games were going to be close um, just because it was going to be a, um, you know, a learning curve. But mm -hmm. uh I don't think we imagined, uh, you know, what just transpired here against Jamaica. <laughs> so um, we'll get into it. We'll get into it for sure. Um, for those of you guys that, you know, just started following us and don't really know what Six Things We Learned is, it's kind of a series we do after every match, USA or mm -hmm. Mexico, uh, where we analyze the recent match and uh, kind of give our six key points or six takeaways from the, the game, you know, either positive, negative, or just kind of a, a neutral a neutral thought that we kind of thought of uh, about there. Um, before we jump in, Adrian, where can our listeners find us, man? Sure, man. I mean, if they want to see your pretty faces, they can find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. Uh, if you just want to listen to our beautiful voices, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Awesome. Cool, man. Yeah, let's get right into it. So uh, the two games we're going to be talking about here are obviously the Nations League matches, uh, Mexico versus Suriname. Suriname. Uh, Mexico won that game 2-0, goal from Johan Vasquez, 64th minute, and then an own goal by Dan Curli. Dan, Dan I don't know how you say his name. <laughs> Dan um, yeah, but then uh, they uh, they then went. That was an away game, and uh, mm -hmm. then they went to uh, uh, then they went to the Estadio Azteca, sorry, um, versus Jamaica, and they just finished up that match 2-2. Uh, goal from Pineda, in minute 17, and a penalty by Irving and Chucky Lozano in the 47th minute. Um, let's get right into it, man. Uh, starting off with, you know, I wouldn't say there was a lot of positive necessarily from these two matches, but, uh, what was the, the first thing you kind of took away from this uh, positive wise? Yeah. As you, you know, as you said, there were, there aren't that many positive things that we can take out of these two games. Um, as I, as I expressed before we started the pot today, um, it was difficult for me to jot some, some good things down, but I think the one, the, the first thing that came to my mind when, when trying to find something good to say about these two games was that all in all, if we look at both lineups, uh, including the, the bench for mm -hmm. both games, um, I think we can safely say, and surprisingly, definitely, um, a lot of adverts over there, <laughs> um, is that Mexico has actually two decent, you know, starting 11s. Um, as I think as we expressed on, on, a, on a previous episode, it seems that on the Suriname game, Suriname game, uh Mexico was playing with its B team and it was mm -hmm. saving the A team for the game against uh Jamaica which <clears throat> as as it turned turned out uh, as we expected it was the the best challenge out of the two right the the, right. the the strongest challenge for sure so this this leaves me with this uh sense of you know I think we we focus a lot on this cambio generacional that Diego Coca has to start pushing out, you know, age players, old players, those players that are aging and that they don't really benefit the, La Selección Mexicana in the near 
and midterm and long future. Uh, and but but if if you look at the entire roster, you can see there's a there's a good amount of young talent that you know it's either coming up the ranks in Liga Mekis or are you know doing some good things out there in in, in Europa. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know you have Johan Vasquez, who this second half of the season has, has been great. Of course, you have Edson Alvarez. Uh, you have Arteaga, who's a, is a, is a regular on on Jenk, playing every single game, week in and week out. Uh, and then you have, of course, the likes of uh, Israel Reyes and Santi Jimenez. I mean, it's a. Uh, I think that it's been a while since I've said this. Uh, I believe you know we we have a good pool of players where if someone is uh, you know slacking and uh, not picking up the pace, you have people to cover those positions now. Whether whether these these two teams are on a level at a level of you know competing against the likes of maybe you know a top South American team, we have yet to see that. But I think I'm I'm satisfied to te- to say that uh, it isn't it isn't as bad as we thought it was going to look like. Yeah, definitely a lot of depth. Probably the the first time in recent history that you know we see mm-hmm. so much. Uh, Depth and young, young depth for the Selección Mexicana there. Um, speaking of that, you know, you kind of mentioned the the old guard, the old the old ones that are kind of getting phased out. Uh, you know, some that we'll obviously never see again, probably like uh, um, HH or uh, Guardado, or you know, to an extent, it should probably be um, Guillermo Choa, yeah, or Raúl Jiménez. Um, mm-hmm. All these guys, the ones that we saw today, anyway, from the old. You know, the old guard were, you know, the fans were letting them have it, man. Um, <laughs> I saw every that. time they touched the ball here against Jamaica, they they were getting booed. And, um, you know, I think it has to do with the fact that, you know, the fracaso in the Mundial, the World Cup, and um, just the fact that they probably are tired of seeing these guys and want to give, yeah. you know, Acevedo a chance, want to give Edwin Bote a chance, want to give other players a chance at these positions. Um, it, yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, it's good that he brought such a, a you know different squad for both games being able to see a lot of uh, the talent uh, that yeah. we have there um and yeah i mean a lot of young players for sure um you know, you got some good leaders there like it's an alvarez uh chucky who really hasn't done much recently for mexico but uh he played the first 20 minutes i thought he was playing good then he kind of faded yeah. away mm-hmm. um but uh it's definitely a solid squad and a lot of depth that uh hopefully you know as as this team progresses and as the Coca kind of takes helm you know you know going forward uh we'll be able to start seeing uh, better results um all right man so what is a uh a bad thing we learned from watching these two games <laughs> so on, on that same note about deadness right and and um how many players we have available that can that they so can, can put up two competitive uh starting 11s when needed um there's there's one thing that uh, Mexico, it's uh, I, I don't I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's, it's lacking, but it's definitely you can tell that it's a it's a weak spot. Uh, this and the, and when I'm talking about the right back position, um, as I expressed on the good and the first good uh, thing was yes we have you know a decent amount of players for each position in this specific case on this specific uh, on the on these two specific games we had. Three different players for that right back position. You had Kevin Alvarez, Jorge Sanchez, and Julian Araujo. So in paper, all of all of these three players should be, you know, your top three for that specific position. Because Jorge Sanchez, albeit he doesn't really play that often with Ajax, but he has 
some starting uh, uh, 11 opportunities. Um, lately, he hasn't been the the go-to right back for for Ajax, but he's there and he's playing out there. So right. that mean that that should mean something. Then you have Julian Araujo, who just recently joined Barca, and even though he's not registered for with Bar with the Barca A, I guess he's he's playing with Barca B, but it looks like he's training with the first team. So yeah. that also has to say something. And lastly, you have Kevin Alvarez, who has been playing at a great level for the last two years with Pachuca. So you know, you look at these names, you 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 have you have this idea of how they play with their with their um, clubs, and then all of a sudden you see him against Suriname. You see him against Jamaica, and they're struggling, man. They're struggling. Um, it's a uh, if if we make an assessment on these two la on these last two games, they face difficulties on that specific side of the pitch, uh, whether they were attacking or defending. And by and why I mean uh, what I mean with attacking and defending is um, even though Jorge Sanchez, uh, Kevin Alvarez, and Julian Araujo were able to run from you know their side of the pitch all the way to the end and then have some some decent crosses uh they were they were uh they were exposed very frequent to counterattacks and they always mm -hmm. looked very bad running towards the, their goal um it, it was just you know very interesting to see how none of these players was a solution this was the solution that i guess Diego Coca was looking for um we'll see in the next uh, few matches if Diego Coca sticks with these names i think he will but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe swaps one of these names with uh, a right back that is more defensive rather than offensive. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts playing, um, you know, uh, if you if you bring someone like uh, Jesus Garza from Tigres, or uh, even if he if he moves uh, uh, Jesus Jesus Angulo to play as a right back because mm -hmm. uh, he 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 knows how to play as a right back as well. So yeah, hmm. I mean that, that's one of the bad things that I notice. On, on these two games yeah it could be interesting how it develops um yeah for sure they're they're all now that you mentioned it they're all really attacking attack minded focus mm -hmm. it's kind of like uh, when we talk about the u.s and Sergio dest um same thing there uh, which you know Sergio dest and julian araujo are going to be end up fighting for game time barcelona um <laughs> yes. but yeah um same same story there um they, they were caught a lot today um julian araujo i think played better than um yeah you know these, these two games in the second match uh he only played to be fair 15 minutes uh, this match and then like 30 40 minutes other match but i think he was kind of the if we were to pick one going forward that might deserve to start the next game it'd probably be him yeah. um but from those three at least but um yeah uh it's gonna be interesting to see how you go forward with the right back um next item here adrian uh what I see, you got a, a neutral item here written down. What, what's that going? What, what you learned there? <laughs> so I I know that we um, that we've been buried uh, that we've been burying the hatchet on on Coca's back uh, severely for the last you know how many pots we have. Um, you and I, I well at least I, I can only speak for myself, but I think that you know he wasn't necessarily the best choice uh, available for for La Selección Mexicana, but we have to stick with him and make make the best out of him. Right. Going from that specific point, I think one neutral item that we neutral thing that we can take out of these two games is that you know, yes, Mexico didn't have the best display uh, on these two matches. Yes, it was a difficult game against against Jamaica, and there there are a lot of deficiencies that they have to tackle. Um, but if we want La Coca Troca to start, uh, you know, burning up those tires and quemar, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we we need to give them time. Um, I think you know. 
from this point going forward, um, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think he's, he's gonna take a, you know it's gonna take way more games for him to feel comfortable and finding that specific starting eleven, starting starting to find that twenty three squad number, uh, twenty three mm-hmm. player squad to settle down on his idea of, of style and game that he wants to implement. Um, we we got to give him time. I, I don't think it will be fair to say that, you know, uh, all of the bad things that we see from Mexico in these two games are because of Diego Coca. I think right. it's just a remnant of uh, La Era del Tata Mesquino. Because, um, you, you, you know, I, I do have to say that 16 players out of the 34 that he uh, brought for these two games are or were in the World Cup. So yeah, it's it's. I think it's. We'll see uh, some of, some of that uh, style of play phasing out as as he moves forward. So you know, I think it's a neutral just because it isn't a bad thing, but at the same time, it isn't a good thing. It can come up, or it can turn out to be a good thing if we allow Diego Coca to settle down and um, you know make the best out of these these players. But look, he. Uh, he was to sh- supposed to show up to Suriname and win. He was uh, supposed to show up at Azteca and, and, you know, advance to the final four. And he did. So I guess th- this time around, we just, we got to get, we got to say, hey, Diogoca, we're going to give you time and make, make the best out of it. Yeah, he did the uh, the bare minimum, right? That was required mm-hmm. of him to, to yeah. be considered, I guess, quote unquote, a passable or a success. Uh, he qualified at the final four. Um, now, because of that, because of how he qualified, as with a draw at the end there, he might end up being qualifying as fourth place, which can ultimately lead him to play the USA in the final four. Yeah, which will be a hell of a match for one of his. Uh, you know, I think it's in June. Might be the next game actually. For, well, no, I guess they play in in April, right? The friendly mm-hmm. in Arizona. Yeah, but um, so he'll have, he'll have one, I guess, match before that. Um, but. Yeah, definitely a transition period right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how long we have to be kind of um, patient with patient. him. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, if he doesn't start picking up results against these types of teams, you know, to be fair, Jamaica, Jamaica for the, at least for the last five, ten years, has been a, a pain in Mexico's side. Yeah. Like, um, they, they tie with them frequently, eliminated mm-hmm. them in the World Cup and, like, twenty the Gold Cup in, like, 2017 or 2018 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not an easy squad. Uh, you know, those guys run nonstop. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm still, I'm still on board the, the El Coca Troca. Uh, I'm still not jumping off yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, we'll, we'll definitely have to give him time and see how, how he, uh, develops as coach there. Um, look, man, I mean, he, he probably, you know, whatever the case may be, he might, you know, the first big challenge might come up in the next, uh, time he faces nations league against the USMNT. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who he calls up for that April friendly. Um, mm-hmm. cause I mean, it's a friendly, right? Uh, they're not required. The European teams are required to really let go of their players. It's going to be mainly Liga Mekis and MLS guys. MLS guys, yeah. So, so you really can't base it off of that. Well, um, to, to me, it's an advantage to the USMNT because uh, Mexico has, I don't know, half half of their play, half of half of its squad will come from Liga Mekis. So even if he doesn't want to, you know, show up any secrets or whatever, he's going to have to call up some of those players that will be part of his starting eleven. Part of his A team. Yeah, exactly. So true, man. Sheesh. Yeah, a lot to look forward to here. <laughs> uh, all right, man. So what's another unfortunate bad thing we, we learned here? So, I mean, 
for this, there's a play, I guess, as I said, it was difficult to find good things. I think it was it was easy to point out bad things. The other, the other thing that I that I noticed, and I think it goes hand in hand with the first bad thing that we pointed out on this uh, on this episode is how Mexico suffered from you know losing balls in the midfield trying to perform an offensive drive. Um, I don't know if you noticed on both games, but it was it was really painful to see how Mexico will recover the ball, will try to you know counteract as fast as they could for them just to lose the ball in the midfield and then suffer because of course um, both Suriname and Jamaica have very physical players that will eat you up if you give them right. space to run right so it was it was very um, it was a man it was a difficult pill to swallow to see you know the the you know the Kevin Alvarez uh, Israel Reyes. Jorge Sanchez and, and it will help Hector Moreno this game, man. He was as slow as hell. It was difficult yeah. to see, you know, them get, losing the ball in the midfield, then doing a quick uh, vertical attack, throwing the ball, trying to, to win by speed, and then see, you know, all these Mexican players trying to scramble and then pick up the, <laughs> pick up the pace. And the, the worst thing is that whoever was losing the ball wasn't doing anything in, in you know, in, in uh, whatever they can to Track recover high. it. Uh huh, and then you will see like three Mexican players jumping the gun and trying to box in uh, whoever was getting the ball, which then lead to having more spaces closely uh, to those sectors, to those areas. And that's actually if you, if you saw the first goal against uh, the Jamaica made today, it was a they lose the ball in the midfield. The Jamaica Jamaica makes a quick break, long ball, three players box in whoever's going to receive the ball. He uh he hits it and then whoever you know the the guy who scored that amazing golazo, by the way, uh he was he was on his own yeah yeah he was he was alone all alone, so that was very prominent on these two games. Yeah, uh, going forward, losing it, not tracking back, and leaving just white spaces back there for the the counter attack, uh, just like the uh, I know we talked about before, kind of as soon as the match ended, um, Raúl Jiménez lost the ball. Probably at a three three quarters of the of the field in the Jamaica mm-hmm. area, and um, he just lost it and just like kind of uh, gives a uh, fastidiado like, oh shit, like I lost the ball, but doesn't do anything to like track back and like win it back. And mm-hmm. um, you know, luckily it was playing Jamaica and not uh, you know England or Germany or somebody I could punish you for those. But um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Jamaica player could have probably done better, but uh, the. the the, the uh, Julian Araujo and the three, the two center backs kind of tracked back and kind of won the ball there. But um, yeah, dangerous situations to be putting the team in for sure. Um, the, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's difficult because you know uh, this was Jamaica, but if right. if you face Can- Canada or the USMNT, man, they're gonna kill you. They have strong, fast players at the front. Uh, they know how to do. They know how to capitalize those quick breaks. Um, if if you know if they had their that are that are they had Christian Pulisic, Rio Reina, Dio, uh, Dio, Rio Reina, sorry, um, even Estacio from Canada, Jonathan I mean, David from Canada, yeah, Jonathan David, mm-hmm. they, they, they're gonna destroy you. you we, we don't have Mexico doesn't have any fast players, they don't right. at least at least defensive, defensively speaking. Um, I cannot speak for the forwards because um, some of them are fast, some of them aren't. But you're not gonna defeat Antonio Davies on right. a freaking sprint. He's just gonna freaking eat you, eat you up and you know score a golazo. So they better watch out for that, man. Yeah. Um, so what's another thing we learned here? Another neutral item here, Adrian. Another neutral item that we had was 
this this was you know I, I was writing this down as a bad thing but then I, I kept on thinking and i was like you know what this doesn't even deserve a classification of a good or a bad thing this is just you know I, i'm just indifferent i'm done with this uh and that that's it's just it's, it's, it's uh, a Lozano. i know he scored a penalty today but in all my books that doesn't mean anything man uh you know saying that he was a that he was a bad uh thing we learned from these two games implies that i'm still holding out for him to become the <laughs> mexican player but i'm not i'm done i'm done dude I'm, I'm just over him completely this guy keeps on living from that game that he had against uh, germany sorry in 2018 we keep on expecting more from him uh and and ever since 2018 he hasn't done anything for for mexico he was lackluster on uh during qatar 2022 He wasn't as the term. Uh, he wasn't a determining factor for this game whatsoever. He had 20 minutes of you know interesting time today on the pitch, and for the rest of the game, he mm -hmm. was just you know another player on the pitch. He wasn't crucial. He wasn't uh, you know effective. He wasn't really dangerous. It's just you know this guy. We all want him to be that go-to player for Mexico. Pero tiene todo en la sangre. This guy, he, 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 there's no sense of urgency for this guy. He's just, you know, it seems to me that he's just, he's okay with what he's doing and that's it. And I don't blame him. I mean, he's having a good season at Napoli. But why not replicate that with Mexico? Like when right. you know that you are the star of the team, you should be, uh, you know, putting yourself out there, leading by example. And he's just, you know, It's whatever. I'm just, I'm done, dude. I'm, I'm indifferent. You know, if, if Coca wants to call him up, it's great. If he doesn't, I don't care. For all I know, you can put Olivia Antuna. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah, you kind of know what you're going to get with Chucky Lozano now. It's going to be like mm -hmm. a, a five or six out of ten performance. Um, he'll just be neutral. He'll be, uh, he won't stand out. He'll just be another player on the field. Um, you know, I think he's kind of conformado uh, because um, yeah. he kind of, feels like I'm doing well in Napoli, so I'm not going to get dropped with La Selección. <laughs> he knows he won't get dropped. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, he he started off good, like I said. I mean, he the first 20 minutes, 50, 20 minutes, he, he had a couple attacks on the left side that, uh, you know, unfortunately weren't capitalized on. Uh, but uh, he was, you know, cutting back, getting some crosses in. But, um, yeah, he just disappeared after that. Uh, good penalty, but I mean, you like you said, you'd expect them to make that, right? <laughs> It's a penalty. You, I mean, you could yeah. have given that to anybody, um, except for yeah. the Jimenez. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yeah, that's true. that ball's still flying right now. Um, yeah, man, uh, it's gonna be hard for him to replicate that 2018 four. Uh, I was gonna say form, but it wasn't really form. It was just that one game that kind of just skyrocketed him to yeah to stardom. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, but, and you know what's funny? I mean, you you were saying that uh, uh, that the the fans were booing some of these 2022 uh, players, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it was interesting that you mentioned that they were booing uh, Chukirosano when uh, I heard during the broadcast that I was watching that they were chanting him for a little while. Like they were, you know, you know how he has this song where he goes like yeah. Chukirosano. Well. It looks like people. I guess people are divided on whether they like him or mm -hmm. not. I don't blame him. I mean, this guy—he's—he's he's just you know. 
I don't even, I don't even, I can't even, I can't even find the word for him, man. I'm just, I'm done with you, Chucky. I'm done, dude. I'm just done. Done, man. Well, we're almost done with this episode, so uh, we got one more good thing. Uh, <laughs> sixth item here. Kind of want to end it on a, on a high, I guess, quote unquote, good, good note. Uh, but I think this is this this last item is probably the one of the better things we saw. Yeah. Um. So a, a clean sheet debut for Acevedo. What? So good thing, right? Yeah, no, definitely. That was a good thing. I mean, uh, unfortunately, this season for Acevedo hasn't been the best one with Santos Laguna. Um, but if I mean, if we are really, if we if we if we look at things realistically, he is the only candidate that can actually take the Memo Choa spot. Um, it was great that he started his uh, career with the, with Mexico with a clean sheet, uh, just because he helped him build up that confidence to challenge Memo Choa. For that is for for the position, um, I think if he, he if he's able to continue uh, to to continue to uh, he's able to continue that good level that he's he's been having with Santos for the last two three years, um, I think he's he's just a no brainer for uh, taking taking uh, beating Ochoa to <clears throat> to to that position. Um, and and the fact of the matter is, uh, is that. I don't think Ochoa is going to go anywhere unless he really sucks ass. And even then, I don't think he's going to, he's, I don't think he's going to move. I think it's up to Acevedo to do, to change Diego Coca's mind and be like, Hey, I am ready for this spot. And then Ochoa can be benched. Um, it's, it's, it's a difficult task, but if there's anyone in Mexico that can actually uh, make it happen, it, it's Acevedo. So it's a it's a good thing that he debuted. It's a good thing that Diego Coca considers him um, yeah. to be even if he's not the starting goalkeeper to be the second string goalkeeper because um, because uh, all in all he's he he is the heir of that throne. So a good yeah. thing, good thing. One of those two good things that we found on this on these uh, on these games. No, it's interesting that you mentioned that Guillermo Chua isn't going anywhere. It's true, man. I mean, this game, that first goal. Like nobody stops it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, no, no fault yeah, on him. Not, not, not his fault. But uh, mm-hmm. there was a chance during like the 87th minute that Jamaica had to win it, and uh, like Memo has been doing for the past 10, 15 years, he's clutch in the clutch moments, and he mm-hmm. saved the team there. Uh, yeah. As long as he keeps performing with those clutch moments, um, he he's not he's going to be the undisputed number one. You're right that it's going to be up to Acevedo to kind of in mm-hmm. practice to show in training to show that hey I could be number one. Um, going to be interesting to see how he. Uh, hopefully he gets called up for the game in Arizona next month. I really hope so, and and even if it's as well, I think he's going to be called up as the first string for that specific game, especially if it's going to be all Liga MX. Uh, one bad thing on, on Acevedo's side is that Memo Choa has been a stellar. For for Salernitana on the last few weeks, um, even even to the point that the uh, the, the Italian press is calling him the best uh, signing of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it sucks for Acevedo, but geez, I mean, it's difficult. As much as we would like to see Ochoa, you know, settle down and move into the sunset of his career and whatnot, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's it, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's around for the next World Cup. Hey, props to him, man. <laughs> <Jeez. No. laughs> That's crazy for an old part. For real. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, that was the, the six things we learned, kind of summarizing our, our six points here. Um, before we wrap it up, man, do you have any other any other items you want to bring up here? 
There's one additional item that I want to bring up to you, man. And this is this is probably the, the one episode we have seven things we learn. <laughs> and it's a bad thing. It's something that I that I, I I really dislike. And I don't know which broadcast you were you were watching the game on, but I was watching it on VIX. Yeah. And there were you know it, Yeah, which is Televisa. Um and, yeah. and as y'all know, Chabelo passed this weekend. Um may he rest in peace. Uh but they were they were showing clips of Charvelo during the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! They were freaking annoying, dude. I really disliked them. I, I what the hell, madre mia, madre mia! That was just you know, <laughs> has nothing to do with the game. This freaking Charvelo saying stuff about America, and then you see this old fart talking like a kid and dressing up like a kid. Like, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> dude, come on, man! This is just wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It was, it was pissing me off. Needless to say. It, it I was, was watching just, the uh, the Univision cast, and uh, they mentioned him a couple times. No, sorry, not the Univision, the, the Unimas cast, the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they mentioned him a couple times, but they never they showed clips or anything. <laughs> oh, my Dude, God. Um, because they were, they were actually, like, like they would do a picture-in-picture kind of thing. Yeah. They will mini- well, they will significantly reduce the, the screen of the game, and they will put, like, on, on like a, at least a third <laughs> of the screen with a, with a Chabelo um video or clip saying some something you know random or whatever like from the 80s from the 90s thousands <laughs> and whatnot and it was just you know this freaking guy just uh, saying like crying because el america lost or saying something like uh, i don't know the the, the the mexican team has to win because they're good or what something yeah just stupid it was <laughs> oh man I, I hated it i mean i, I was just oh, raging bad God. dude i was raging bad it was funny man they just had a Make you rage even further. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's disgusting, uh, man. This guy. Ah, uh, well, good way to end it with the Chavelo there. Um, well, Adrian, uh, always a pleasure being here with you, man. Uh, it's nice, dude. We're we're gonna be uh, following the USMNT's match tomorrow against El Salvador. Another crucial match uh, that will kind of determine um, the order of the final four. Who plays who? Um, so we'll also be uh, releasing a uh, six things we learn regarding the USA and El Salvador and USA and Granada. So uh, please be sure to follow us and uh, listen to that one as well when we publish. Uh, Adrian, before we take off, where can our listeners find us, brother? I just want to remind them that if they want to see our pretty faces, they can find us on YouTube. Again, don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. If you're okay just listening to our beautiful voices, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Lastly, but not least, um, you can also find us at Puro Pinche Gol on Instagram and Twitter. We post the stuff every now and then. Sounds good. Yeah, be sure to follow us on your preferred social media platform of choice. Adrian, I'll see you tomorrow, man, after the USA game. Take it easy, dude. See you, brother. See ya.